You're listening to Faith and Family. I'm Eddie Bates. Lutherans for Life conferences coming up in September, October, and November around the country. Regional conferences this year. Here to help us learn more about them, the Reverend Michael Salamink, Executive Director of Lutherans for Life. Pastor Salamink, welcome back to Faith and Family. Hello, Andy. Always good to have you in studio taking a look at life issues and excited about the upcoming Lutherans for Life conferences, four of them this year. Is that right? Absolutely. It's the first time in our history that we've decided to do four regional conferences, and that's because it is a great time to be Lutherans for Life. Uh, we are warmly welcomed and enthusiastically supported uh, in congregations and communities across the country. Um, Our network is growing, and so we have the opportunity to reach even more people this year with the gospel message that every single life is precious and every human being is a gift and a treasure from our Heavenly Father. So we're very excited about it. Four conferences around the country. We'll get to details about registration and uh, how to to attend. You can find one in in your region um, from Fort Wayne, Indiana to New Braunfels, Texas, uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, and Pekin, Illinois, all around the country, opportunities to join together with other Lutherans for Life and uh, study God's Word and and learn more about what it means to be a Lutheran for Life. Now, you're presenting at all four of the conferences, is that right? That is my privilege, yes. You are presenting on standing out in the life field. How to be a life-minded congregation and community. It took me a little bit to catch on to that that <laughs> wordplay there. Some wordplay. S- standing out in the life field, not left field, but right. life field. Mm-hmm. Tell me, uh, what what direction is this going to take us? What are we going to learn from Pastor Salamink? Well, in uh, in this conversation, standing out in the life field, we're going to start with why. Um, start with the question why. Why are we Lutherans for life? Uh, why is God for life? What is it that makes... Uh, our message as uh, a life-affirming uh, church body, uh, life-affirming community, unique. How is uh, how is the uh, Lutheran gospel, the Lutheran understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ that we've celebrated for 500 years, that a person is saved by grace through faith and not because of works, how does that lend itself to uh, the message of life, that every human being is precious? Standing out in the life field, this play on words, uh, <laughs> implying sometimes we may be standing out in left field. Uh, at least culturally speaking, um, we are advocating um, for God's yes to something better. So Lutherans, uh, God's word of law is a word of no. God says no, but our message is that God says no because he loves us, because he says yes to something better. And so anywhere that our culture uh, is tempted by the devil's deceptions to use death as a solution to suffering, we want to be there proclaiming the gospel that there is hope even in those situations that seem hopeless, even where there only appears to be death and pain, Jesus Christ is there uh, giving the new life that uh, that God works through him. Um, so that's the why. That's going to be, we cover our motivation. We look at the scriptures and see how the message of every human being's preciousness uh, to God is woven throughout the scriptural story and is wed intimately uh, to the gospel and the, the faith that we understand as Lutherans. You brought up a, a very important point. There is suffering all around us in this world. Mm-hmm. We live in a broken and, and sinful world, but yet God has not left us on our own. Who is given to bring this message of hope in the midst of suffering? Who's who's given to do that and where and how? Uh, 
that belongs to the body of Christ. Uh, first and foremost to our Savior, who himself is incarnate in our world um, and continues to accompany and comfort uh, all those who are suffering in yeah, and, and in our, the depths of our sinfulness. And also, it belongs to Christ's people. It belongs to all of us. Uh, the mission of Lutherans for Life is not to overturn Roe v. Wade, although we would be among the first to rejoice if that development ever came about. And as uh, private citizens, we work heartily towards that because we believe that is what is just and good. Uh, the mission of Lutherans for Life is not to establish pregnancy resource centers, although uh, we want to support the people who work in those fields. Uh, and we want to encourage congregations to partner because that is a ministry that is vitally important. Uh, the mission of Lutherans for Life is not even uh, to reduce the number of abortions in our country and around the world or to save babies. Our mission, quite simply, is the same as the mission of the Christian church, and that is to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to bear on people who are desperately in need uh, because of sin, death, and the devil. And so um, we equip Lutherans to do that. Uh, to proclaim the gospel in the context of life issues, to use these situations that are relevant both culturally and individually uh, to the people that we know as doorways for the comfort and the hope that our Lord Jesus Christ brings. So Lutherans being equipped to bring this this message of hope, this gospel message to the world around them, to their neighbors, to to the people they encounter in their everyday lives who particularly those who are facing suffering they're being lutherans are being equipped to bring this message of hope in found only in christ that's what we're going to find at this conference absolutely and so once we have discovered our motivation in the gospel of jesus christ uh once we have learned how uh, the preciousness of every human being is not limited to a few isolated proof texts in Scripture. It's woven throughout uh, the entirety of God's relationship with humankind. Uh, then we're going to turn our attention towards getting educated. The, the what? Now, what do I say about this issue or that issue? We're going to learn that life issues are about more than just abortion, more than the end of life, but that there's a whole spectrum of situations that people go through and um, uh, cultural uh, topics uh, that that we can address and that Lutherans for Life thinks about and and uh, resources that we put together to help congregations, individuals, and communities speak eloquently, winsomely, courageously, and compassionately. When we're given to to speak, to care for our neighbors, um, to listen and, and and to speak, it's also important to be, as you pointed out, to be educated, to be knowledgeable particularly of the issues about which we're speaking. Certainly we know the gospel and we can speak that in the situations we're given to speak. But to know the issues, particularly we face today when it comes to matters of life, it's important to be knowledgeable of those. One thing that seems important to me in my conversations regarding life is language and mm -hmm. terms um, to you know, what's the, the, the dictionary or the lexicon that, that we're working out of? Why is that important? It, because I, I'm noticing that in, in conversations when it comes to life, we're not always, not everybody's on the same page. When I'm talking to my neighbor about something, we're not on the same page when, mm -hmm. it, when we use words or terms. Especially uh, with issues that uh, are so personal, so emotional. Um, people often have... Uh, filters of experience and um, uh, education that they're listening to things through. Um, facts are important so that we can establish common ground. 
um, so that we can understand as well as the people that we speak to um, and care for can understand um, that we have the same heart, that we're on the same page. Um, Even more important, though, than facts, I think, is tone, is understanding uh, when it is appropriate to speak God's word of truth uh, in love as a word of law, something that God says no to, a boundary he establishes, and when it is uh, when it is needful to speak a word of gospel, a word of hope and joy and freedom, um, and to know how to do so in a way uh, that opens doors uh, for conversation, for continued interaction, because our goal as Lutherans for Life and as Christians is not just to win arguments. It's not even to make converts or disciples for the kingdom. Our goal is to receive a brother or a sister uh, as the gift that God has given them to us to be and to uh, establish relationships that that are going to last into eternity. Um, And so having correct information, uh, accurate information, um, so that we don't um, misinterpret people's experiences, but also being uh, sensitive, uh, paying attention to Uh, the things that folks have lived through and approaching not from above as one who is superior, but from beside, because this is the way that our our God approaches us is from beside. What shapes, uh, going back to your presentation, how to be a life-minded congregation and community, what shapes a congregation's collective worldview or their, um, their direction, their mindset? First and foremost, it's going to be the gospel of Jesus Christ um, that is proclaimed in that congregation from the pulpit, uh, that is taught in Bible studies, that is shared in the fellowship of uh, all the activities that take place at that congregation. Um, Also, that congregation's history, which individuals uh, have been a part, how has God uh, worked through his Holy Spirit to form this congregation, um, the character of the pastor and the different uh, people who have led the congregation, lay leaders as well, that's going to help form and shape, um, as well as a congregation's community context, um, the particular needs and character of the places where they are and the people that they serve. So how do we, how do we become a life-minded congregation? What are the things we need to consider? Now, granted, I know that there will be much more in your presentation at the conference, but give us a, a little glimpse of this uh, the beginning process of, of becoming a life-minded congregation mm-hmm. and community? It starts with awareness, uh, with education, and, and uh, Lutherans for Life provides a wide variety of resources to congregations for that. Um, almost all of those resources are absolutely free because our goal is the same as the congregation's goal. We just want to see the message of the gospel get out there. But um, Lutherans who are for life recognize that uh, because the the sanctity of human life is woven throughout the entirety of scripture and God's relationship with his people uh, because life issues cover the entire spectrum of human existence and are not just limited to a few isolated situations. There are so many different ways, different opportunities uh, that we have in which we can live out that message, live out that conv- conviction and bring that uh, that hope to bear on people's lives. So simple things that um, we often overlook. Um, everybody understands that there is a time and a place for difficult conversations about uh, culturally controversial life issues. And there is a time for ministering to people who are hurting, but there's so much more that we can do. For example, um, as a congregation celebrates God's gifts of life, 
um, as a congregation rejoices at pregnancies or birthdays, weddings, anniversaries, um, even the way that we minister to one another and speak about uh, surgeries and recoveries provides opportunities uh, for us to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. How we observe church festivals and holidays. Christmas, for example, um, is a very life-affirming holiday, right? God comes to us as a baby. God loves babies. God loves every human being, even when we are a baby. So how can we love babies? Even the way that we commemorate cultural holidays, uh, like Father's Day, Mother's Day, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, which a lot of congregations um, overlook as an opportunity pr- to proclaim the gospel of the preciousness of every human being. Um, also, our congregation's opportunities in terms of um, our own facilities and activities, um, how are those um, accessible to welcoming of persons with impairments? Um, how do we intentionally support and encourage the souls among us who struggle with sexuality, whether that be uh, single persons, divorced persons, couples that um, face problems with fertility, persons who have been adulterous, of course, um, folks who are struggling against same-sex attraction, people who are post-abortive. How do we speak about these things in a way that is gospel-motivated, one that uh, proclaims God's truth and says God's no because um, uh, these things can be hurtful, but but also proclaims God's yes to something better. Um, also, uh, the community context of a congregation. Do we have particular populations with special needs around uh, our congregation? Do we have a lot of elderly neighbors that live alone? Uh, do we have families who are fostering or adoptive? Even if they're not members of the congregation, those families are choosing to respect and protect life when it is vulnerable. How can we support the least of these? So that's just a couple of, of ideas that we're going to explore to help a congregation begin to think creatively about how to approach the gift of life from a very joyful perspective. I'm not a pastor. I'm not an elder. I'm a, a, a lay person. I'm a member of my congregation. What can I do? What might I do that would help my congregation be more life-minded? Uh, it starts with living out your vocation, the place in life where God has placed you um, Pastors do important work because they minister to the gathered assembly of the people of God. But the people of God do important work, too. Uh, lay people in congregations, parishioners and members, are the primary missionaries in that community. Um, God has placed you as a school teacher or a garbage collector or a seamstress or a construction worker or a dad, a mom, a brother, a friend, a neighbor, a co-worker. Um, and God puts you in those relationships so that the Holy Spirit can open doors for you to respect and protect life everywhere that it is endangered, everywhere that it is vulnerable and hurting. So that is the first and foremost thing to do is is to sort of look at those relationships and opportunities with renewed eyes and ask, um, what doors is the Holy Spirit opening for me? Of course, um, supporting congregational, congregation-wide efforts at education, whether that be through uh, sermons, Bible studies, um, special activities. Um, but we also have a special program at Lutherans for Life called Life Teams. Um, 
And what we do is we help support a congregation from the point that somebody says, hey, we're interested in doing a lot of those things that you're talking about. We want to be more life-affirming and celebrate God's gifts. How can we do that? We have a staff person and a curriculum that is dedicated to helping your congregation get from embracing the idea to uh, identifying leaders, training and preparing members to be active, um, discovering the unique life-affirming mission that God has for your congregation. It doesn't look the same everywhere because God has different opportunities. And then um, equipping the church and um, sustaining that uh, that group, that life team that serves a congregation, um, much like a board of trustees or a board of education would. A life team is kind of like the board of life that, uh, that keeps the congregation focused on those opportunities. And then uh, we have a full-time staff person that helps uh, com, those teams troubleshoot and uh, keep going with renewed motivation, continue to recruit and uh, train, uh, and remain encouraged. And that's Mrs. Hillary Hawk. Yes, Mrs. Hey. Hillary Hawk. That's her full-time yeah. job with Lutherans for Life. She stays very busy because we have um, over 75 life chapters across the country and uh, somewhere between 30 and 40 of these life teams uh, in states from California to New Hampshire, North, North Carolina to Texas, uh, Montana to the great Midwest. The life team at our congregation is is very active and mm-hmm. very helpful in our congregation in, in helping us um, remember these very things that you've pointed out and help us uh, share that emphasis of uh, caring for life and, and respecting God's gift of life. Absolutely. Now, the conference is... Uh, the conference is, well, it's taking place in four places to accommodate um, people from all the regions instead of everybody traveling to to one region. Uh-huh. Um, four locations heading first to Fort Wayne, Indiana, at Concordia Theological Seminary, September 16th. Is that right? That is correct. We will be there. You'll be speaking in that and a number of other speakers at the uh, the. Fort Wayne, Indiana, uh-huh. Lutherans for Life Conference, September 16th. Mm-hmm. Uh, a number of speakers. What has, we'll talk about the, the speakers at this conference in just a moment. What what typically happens at a Lutherans for Life conference? I know they might be slightly different this year being regional conferences, uh-huh. but what, what goes down at a Lutherans for Life conference? Well, our conferences consist of, um, first of all, affordable conferences. Uh, our national conferences have a registration fee for two days of $100. This year, uh, regional conferences are going to be a full day of activities. Um, and so we're able to offer that for only $50 for the day. Um, fellowship. The fellowship of life-minded brothers and sisters in Christ, sometimes being life-affirming in a culture um, that uses death as a solution to pain, uh, can be lonely, can be intimidating. So gathering life-minded Christians together for fellowship and encouragement, um, so to know that we're that we have others who are on our team, um, we celebrate. We celebrate uh, the things that God has done, the gifts that God has given in respecting and protecting every human being as His precious gift. We worship um, and hear the word of the Lord applied uh, to us in our situations. And then we have a wealth of expert educational sessions that uh, cover a wide variety of topics in life advocacy and activism uh, from the distinctively Lutheran spirit, which means uh, it's going to be grounded in Holy Scripture, it's going to reflect the richness of Lutheran doctrine, and it is going to be permeated with God's grace. Um, And so that's the things that we do at the conferences, and everyone comes away uh, with a renewed appreciation for what it is that we're involved in. 
in the, the conferences I've attended in the past. Lots of adults there, but I've seen some youth at the conferences as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is actually a new focus for us at Lutherans for Life. We recognize that um, the young people of our culture are becoming increasingly more interested in uh, the relevance of life issues. Um, and they want to serve. They want to serve their neighbors, and they want to be prepared to be able to speak uh, God's truth in love on these things. And so we've begun to focus more attention on um, making sure that our presentations are accessible to young folks, and then even um, sometimes offering presentations or entire tracks at conferences for families, uh, young children, um, students. Very good. So, first conference, Fort Wayne, Indiana, Concordia Theological Seminary, September 16th. Then, in on October 7th, the next conference, New Braunfels, Texas, at Cross Lutheran Church. Uh, we're so happy to be hosted by a congregation, and they have been very enthusiastic about it from the beginning. Very good. Cross Lutheran Church, New Braunfels, Texas, in October, uh, just, a, a, what, two months after uh, the, the largest water park in the country closes. So I guess we won't be going to the water park, but yeah. lots of, uh, lots of yeah. uh, families and, and uh, individuals coming together to, uh, to learn and to grow together as Lutherans mm-hmm. for life. You'll be speaking at that as well. Yes. Then we head to Lincoln, Nebraska, Redeemer Lutheran Church, October 21st. Is that right? That is correct. And uh, the conference at Redeemer is one that provides a unique opportunity because uh, the, the night before that conference, we'll have a concert at St. John Lutheran Church of Seward, Nebraska. Um, that concert will be the band Remedy Drive. Uh, that's familiar to a lot of our listeners, uh, a Christian band. Um, so they're performing a conference, and then their lead singer is involved in efforts to end human sex trafficking, and so he's going to be one of our presenters as well. So a unique opportunity we have there. And that's in uh, Nebraska at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Lincoln, October 21st. The, the last conference... Pekin, Illinois, did I get that right? Pekin, which is near Peoria. Uh, think West Central Illinois. All right, St. John's Lutheran Church in Pekin, Illinois. Uh, I recall seeing uh, Hillary in the video announcing this and, and mm-hmm. her trying to announce Pekin, Illinois numerous times. Right. We're all we're <laughs> all more familiar with Pekin pie, um, but this is not that kind of Pekin. November 11th uh, is uh, the St. John's Lutheran Church uh, is the location in Pekin. In Illinois for the Lutherans for Life. That's the last Lutherans for Life conference mm-hmm. for this year. That's right. And uh, what's really wonderful is that uh, I am the only presenter who is appearing at all four. So we have a variety uh, of different presenters on different topics from um, abortion pill reversal. So doctors, researchers have developed a protocol for be able, being able to intervene after uh, a woman has ingested the first uh, abortion pill that causes chemical abortions. It is possible uh, to save that child's life if that woman changes her mind, uh, if she has regret. So we're going to hear about that. We're going to hear about um, the Christian church and and our crusade to talk about uh, life and sexual ethics. We're going to talk about human development. We're going to talk about how uh, we go about um, discussing these difficult things uh, with our uh, with our um 
acquaintances in our social networks. We're going to, of course, hear about what does creation have to do? How can we um, speak confidently in the public square? What is embryo adoption? And and, uh, how can the church uh, address that sort of thing? We're going to hear from somebody who leads uh, a network of pregnancy resource centers. So just a wide variety of encouraging, uplifting, and informing sessions. Registration information all on lutheransforlife.org. Is that correct? Absolutely. You can register entirely online. Uh, and uh, we also have information about uh, lodging availability and directions and all those sorts of things that you'll need. You can see uh, who is speaking at each of the and the topics being presented at each of the regional conferences. Mm-hmm. So you can check that out as well on lutheransforlife.org uh, and make your registration as well on the website. Get information on lodging. All Uh, Well, all to do right now (laughs) so you can attend one of these conferences coming up very soon, September 16th in Fort Wayne, Indiana, October 7th in New Braunfels, Texas, October 21st in Lincoln, Nebraska, and November 11th in Pekin, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have information on the speakers, uh, what they'll be presenting on, where they come from, what they know. Uh, and then um, we're all looking forward to 2018 when we will gather all together for a national conference again in the center of the United States, the holy city, St. Louis, Missouri. The Reverend Michael Selamink, Executive Director, Lutherans for Life. Pastor Selamink, thanks so much for sharing with us about the upcoming conferences. I'm looking forward to them. Thanks for the opportunity and the conversation. Listen to Faith and Family Monday through Friday at this time. Faith and Family is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is needed for Faith and Family to continue. Our address is 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can contact us on the web and download Faith and Family at KFUO.org. Worldwide KFUO, on the air, online, and on demand.